Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. Man, what an incredible week. What an incredible week. Before I get going, I just want to say thank you. Thank you very much for joining the Industrial Podcast and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Great content for this podcast. This is where we celebrate the industry professional and companies that have that big vision for the future. The trailblazers, the, you know, the leaders, the people and companies who get it done. Welcome. Well, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be able to attend the Gulf Coast Industry Forum, met a lot of fantastic people. It was presented by the Port of Houston, incredible content. If I would rec- make a recommendation, if you have an opportunity to do that uh, next year, do so or get any information whatsoever about that uh, that event, incredible. They had an incredible lineup of uh, professionals uh, talking about Everything from the hurricane, of course, all the way through trade and the impact, the incredible impact the Port of Houston has on on just, just, of course, the Gulf, but the United States and the world and how important that particular commerce is in that location. I was just proud to be able to be a part of um, that group and uh, meet a lot of people, a lot of incredible people who are just passionate about their work. I came in contact with Bic Alliance and uh, the gentleman by the name of uh, Jeremy Osterberger, and and uh, it's just wonderful to have that conversation. That publication has tremendous content, and um, they just love what they do, and it's a lot of fun. And then next week's uh, podcast will include a gentleman by the name of David Tolson, Arete. Advisors is his company. He's a managing director, and he talks about companies, primarily the uh, industrial space companies, who are looking to transition, do something different with their their business. And because of his background, his knowledge, his skills, he's able to really lay out a plan. I was really excited about that conversation, too. I met with a lot of people, eh, three, four people, which is a lot in my company, is... uh, with Green Bank. Now, they were just a delight. They really love what they do, and uh, they do offer a lot of capital solutions, money solutions to uh, companies that are interested. Now, this week's podcast, which I'm just thoroughly honored to give you a, a story. We were uh, There was an event that was sponsored by Turner Industries, and it was at the San Jacinto College uh, Marine, I think, Operations. And uh, it is it is at the college of of the maritime where they teach train all these uh, uh, individuals that are really focused on making that their profession. And um, I met with uh, Mr. John Stoffer and Stop- Mr. Stoffer, he's the associate vice chancellor of the maritime uh, campus, and uh, his kindness, his openness, the whole college is just stellar quite frankly and he and I asked I said hey is there any way that I can take some photos of or or videos or whatever it is and so I wandered around because they just had this open door policy so you wander around and you're looking around and it was just well attended by a lot of people great food 
beautiful location, incredible campus, but I came across the um, simulators. They have three simulators there. And, and it's not just, you know, something that's on a computer screen and they get to sit there and you know, use a joystick of some sort. No, legit. Legit. So I created a video, just a brief little video, something fun to give you an example or an idea of what type of simulator is there. And um, they can create scenarios, marine scenarios that can make you sick, bumpy, moving around. The screens are that um, clear. The program is is. It, it's just, you know, when I see things like that, I just, I can't believe it. And and that's available at the San Jacinto College, the, the, the Marine campus. And um, John was so kind enough to be able to open up his door. We, we met the next day. He uh, adjusted his schedule to be able to meet with, uh, with me. And uh, we talked really about the excitement and the opportunities that exist for many in the marine business. Sky's the limit. It's only limited by the individual's willingness to commit and to learn and to grow. And these are fantastic jobs. So John's excited about his uh, campus. Uh, The San Jacinto College is dedicated to the industrial professional, training them and all that good stuff. Remember, you can find this podcast on, I've got that, that it's out there on Facebook, it's uh, LinkedIn, it's uh, website, industrialtalk.com, all of that good stuff. But I'm just excited because the content uh, this week is, is stellar. So I want to just introduce John Stoffer. He is the Associate Vice Chancellor of the Maritime uh, Campus, San Jacinto College, fantastic individual. Everybody, the, uh, the, the, the trainers over there, been through it all. You want to be in this uh, maritime business? That is the place to go. So without further ado, here's uh, my interview with John Stoffer. Yes, I am coming live from the San Jacinto College Marine Technology and uh, Training Center, and I am honored. I'm honored to be here interviewing a gentleman by the name of Mr. John Stoffer. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. He is the Associate Vice Chancellor of this fine, incredible facility here in, it's Houston, right? No, no, this is, this is La Pointe. La po- it's, it's La Porte. We're, La Porte. Uh, we're just outside of the Houston area. That's right. And, and uh, uh, just a quick little story. I was here last night. Uh, we've been at a conference in, in Pasadena and uh, had the fortunate opportunity to come over here for an event. And uh, I just got to tell you, this place is fantastic and we're going to cover that during this particular interview and we are in his office which is just full of cool things if you could only see it so john give me a little uh, overview of who you are where you come from and how come you found yourself in this particular place sure absolutely um so i'm a, a, a soldier first and foremost i just retired from the army after 22 years i say just um it's coming up on about a year now um, the Army has boats, so I actually sailed on a uh, Army landing craft for 22 years, and um, so that's what really brought me into the maritime community and, and all the expertise that I got, and my last assignment was at Fort Eustis, Virginia, where I was running the Fort Eustis uh, Academy there for training Army mariners, so that really lined me up for this opportunity here at San Jacinto College, new Maritime Technology and Training Center. 
Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, though, so I'm a diehard Steeler fan. Jeez, here's a story. A long time ago, back in, I want to say the early 80s, I was up there trying to get around, and I think at that particular time, Pittsburgh, the community, was going through a lot of changes, uh, infrastructure changes, and I remember I was driving a truck, and I couldn't get back to my hotel. That's a story off the beaten path, but I remember it was so difficult to get around Pittsburgh at that time. I'm sure it's not that way now. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> it just very well, maybe. Now you, you you had 22 years. You you um. Now you were involved quite a bit with logistics with that, correct? Yes, sir. I specialized. Uh, so I was a transportation logistics officer, uh, specializing in maritime logistics. So um, moving moving uh, cargo, anything from from tanks to containers throughout the the Persian Gulf, in in support of the war effort to humanitarian supplies for uh, the earthquake in Haiti and just other training missions throughout the globe. Do you, you know, I mean, 22 years is a long time to invest in that career. Do you miss it? I miss the soldiers. I think most most uh, soldiers, airmen, sailors, doesn't matter which branch of service, will, will tell you that that's what they miss most, the, the, the camaraderie. And the, the fortunate thing, the maritime industry and community, uh, just because of the nature of it, you're on a ship, uh, sailing out there at long long uh, periods of time, you might be out there 28 days. Those become your brothers, sisters, and so it has that kind of nice feel to it. So I'm very fortunate to uh, transition, just just not wearing that green o- uniform and army boots. Yeah, but you, would you be on a, a bigger boat, and then and then into? I, I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time picturing this, and it's it's just. So if you go to let's say the Middle East, your boat's got to be on another boat, right? Or do you? No, um, well, in some cases, but in, in my case, we had a, uh, it was 350-foot landing craft, so um, had a crew of 32. It was worldwide deployable, so we sailed it from the East Coast to the Persian Gulf uh, right before the war kicked off. How long did that take? So it took about 42 days. We did have to a get across of, the water? We took some, we took some stops. Uh, we only do 10 knots, so we're not going to get anywhere fast. We'll, we'll get you the cargo you need. Um, just give us a little bit of time. <laughs> God, that's a long time to go across, and 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 that water is is bouncing and doing all that good stuff. And I mean, I mean, how how did you? I mean, you must have hit storms and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, I mean, you you obviously you try not to, um, but they're out there. You you have some uh, fabulous technology that's out there now. So you have a monitoring system, a weather system that will keep you up to date on on what's in front of you, and give you some recommendations based off of what your uh, data that you provide them if you say you told them you didn't want to see anything greater than 10 foot seas and, and 35 knot winds and this is where i'm heading they're going to do a pretty good job of keeping you out of those elements God. now it, this facility which is absolutely gorgeous if i would recommend anything is i would get down here find this location and uh, the San Jacinto College Marine Technology and Training Center and just would you be willing to sort of entertain People coming in and wanting to look. Oh, absolutely! Um, Gorgeous. We have a we have a fabulous facility here, forty five thousand square feet, and um, and we're 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 here to show it off uh, for students that are you know that want to that want to attend here or anybody that wants to hold host some events here. Um, just come on down, contact us, and we'll, we'll get you in here. Yeah, I I highly recommend that because boy, they put on a great program, and I tell you the the, the view is wonderful. The it. it it, it just has a great feel, everyone, it, and, and I would highly recommend that you uh, do that and, and take them up on that offer. Now, you've been here for just a year? 
Yes, sir. Uh, September. Well, j- yeah, just over a year. September twelfth, I started. Wow, last that's year. just yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's because of your background in in what you were doing in the military, gave you the ability to be able to do this, or what, did you do something prior to this particular? No, I, I think that. So it was a. Um, it was a, a, a posting that was uh, highly sought after. I was told after you know the interview process, and, and I think that really allowed me the opportunity for this position is is my last posi- last position in the army. I was I was running a maritime campus that was there training um, army mariners, and so I understood the the nature of the curriculum development and and preparing to send uh, mariners and in this case or student or soldiers and in this case now students out to to see which is a challenging job and it's uh, you got to make sure that you're you're trained up to the coast guard standard to go ahead and, and work on these ships the um the program that is here and i know that we've talked about this it's both credit and certification now um in general uh, did 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 san Jacinto college have a program similar to this prior to this beautiful facility being built so we taught a maritime, and we still do a maritime administration and maritime logistics uh, programs here at the campus, or not our campus, with that's in San Jacinto, and those are for shore-based mariners. So not life at sea is not for everybody, uh, but to support um, a one mariner at sea, it takes five shore sides. So there's definitely a demand for that as well. Here at the maritime center, the the, the program is is really the vision started almost 10 years ago. And it really, it was from the port itself. They came to several colleges and said, hey, we, we want a program or we want a, somewhere to train our, home, our mariners that are operating in Houston because they're leaving the states of Texas and Houston to go get trained. And, um, and San Jacinto College uh, was the first to go ahead and jump in there and, and really commit to, uh, to starting this program. The... Um the demand that's an interesting uh, statistic for every seagoing individual there's five that has to support that individual yes, land sir. what were the five i mean what does that mean i mean so you're, you're talking about anything from ad, uh, administrative the paperwork to stevedoring the ones working on the docks to um you know fueling everything that supports that that ship that is either loading or unloading cargo or in transit to do such the um the five do, do you do you train in that i mean in this facility do you train that administrative side or do you uh the steve all of that can be brought about here it can be brought about at san jacinto college we currently at this facility are only training underway mariners uh, both from a an academic credit which you'll you'll uh, you'll get an associate's degree at applied science and maritime transportation which is a, a seagoing billet or the incumbent mariner who's coming here to either upskill themselves or start out in in the industry working on ships. The the macro look at this, I know that we're both at this particular conference. Um, what's the name of the conference? Um, the Gulf Coast Industry Forum. That's right, Gulf Coast Ind- Industry Forum. And uh, we're getting a lot of great information from that particular event on a lot of the, I guess, energy-based movement of of crude chemical anyway it 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 appears now correct me if i'm wrong it appears that the demand for what you're teaching training here at this at this campus is going to be in greater need in the future is is that a correct statement absolutely um so the the industry is kind of an ebb and flow industry Uh, one of the 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 new hot words is the liquid natural gas 
Yeah, but LNG. LNG. It still needs to be moved um, from by ship, and uh, and we we are training LNG. We are uh, approved to train LNG uh, tankermen here at this facility. One of the, the only ones in the Gulf Coast region, um, and we're, we're here we're here to train not only the brown water, which is we were talking about rivers and, and near shore, offshore uh, mariners, but we're capable of training the unlimited master that's captain of the largest ships in the world. At this location. At this location, yes, sir. Yeah, we're going to go into the the uh, information about um, your simulators, which absolutely are phenomenal. But um, do you know if this area is building LNG terminals? Um, so yeah, uh, they are. We're starting to build some within the Houston Ship Channel, and uh, I, I want to. And I make make don't quote me here, but I think we actually I'm had a terminal, you. a terminal or a ship that actually came into the terminal uh, somewhere in the Houston Ship Channel, uh, LNG. The the uh, question I would have if if. If I'm interested, if I'm a young pup coming out of uh, high school, and and um, h- how would I just say, you know, first off, how would I even think about the fact that I want to get into this profession? And that's one thing. But then how would I execute and come over here and know that I want to come to this school to learn this stuff? Do you do any outreach to the the high schools and other colleges or internal? What do you do? Sure, sure we do. Um, we, so we have we're very fortunate in the Houston area, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example um, why we're so fortunate. In the Houston area, we have six high schools that have maritime programs, and, and I'm not talking that they're they're just um, teaching maybe a little bit about this is a ship and this is port and starboard, left and right. Um, they have some simulators, not not as as detailed as what we have here at this facility, but they've invested in simulators. And, and I'll tell you why that's that's really unique. Uh, my career in the Army, Marin, being a mariner, I spent a lot of time in the Chesapeake Bay, Virginia area. And if you're familiar with that area, it's it is a large, robust maritime community. It's the largest naval fleet in in the world uh, there at Norfolk. And um, and there is not one high school maritime program in in Virginia, so you can really see the commitment and the dedication to this Houston community, in the and they understand how um, how important it is to just the the economy here is to have mariners and have that ship channel um, occupied. I know that uh, as a result of this conference, I, I didn't realize how much just the the size of commerce that comes through this port from a not only from a local but from a global perspective and what what this place means from this from our economy it's it's phenomenal now we're going to take a break i want all of you guys to hold on because we're going to talk about uh, some three key things to consider when looking at uh getting into this profession, as well as we're going to talk more about the simulators, which I had an opportunity last night to to grab the wheel of one and, and mess it up, of course. And uh, it's, it's fabulous technology. And then finally, be able to talk about some of the skilled individuals that call this place home and business, and, and they're part of the team here because i got to tell you, John, they, they've got, you've got some great guys here. And I just uh, real quick, just... I ran into a number of them, and boy, they're just passionate about what they do. So don't go away. We're going to be right back. Thank you very much for joining the Industrial Talk show. Hey, once again, this is Scott McKenzie with Industrial Talk. If you like what you're listening to, 
Please feel free to sign up for the free podcast as well as the blogs. I'll try to keep it all relevant to your business and uh, hopefully be able to provide some insight into what we do at Industrial Talk and what you do as a professional. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. Welcome back, and I am really appreciating the time that I get to spend with Mr. John Stoffer. He is the Associate Vice Chancellor of San Jacinto College Marine Technology and Training Center. We've been talking about a lot of the, the stuff that's been going on specifically in this area, the need for training, the need for the opportunity for, uh, I mean, this is just meaningful work and, and a great profession, and uh, this college itself is geared to be able to help you succeed in this particular field, which I highly recommend that you come on down. you got to come on down, visit it, see it, ask the questions, but it's a cool place. Now, John, we talked uh, briefly offline that uh, I'm looking for three things and, and, and try to make it simple in the sense that uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy. I'm interested in uh, pursuing this opportunity. Now, I can choose to be a welder. I can be in maintenance if, if I'm interested in the industrial space. What makes this profession so appealing? Sure. Um, well, I, I will tell you right off the bat is, is the opportunity to travel. Um, it, it, when you're in this industry, you uh, you do. It's, it's a challenging. It's a tough industry. And uh, you're going to work, and you're going to work hard. But we work um, in this industry on shift work. And, and it varies on what type of ship you're on. You might be working one week on, one week off, uh, all the way up to 28 days on, 28 days off. And you're living on this ship, and you're seeing some unbelievable uh, ports and cities that you may not have been able to see just uh, if you weren't in, in industry. So um, it, it's a, it's one of those things that affords you that opportunity. Um, now, I would imagine uh, I traveled quite a bit, and because you were in the military, you traveled quite a bit. Uh, that's challenging for a marriage or any type of relationship. Sure. <laughs> I, I would I would definitely agree with that as well. <laughs> but I got to tell you, man, I, I would have been all over this. If if this was offered in the middle of the desert where I come from, I would have probably jumped on this in a heartbeat. So, uh, yeah, travel. So uh, that's cool for for um, for also the the ability to um, uh, it's only limited by your dedication and your determination for an entry level mariner. So when you come into this field, you may not have the skills. Uh, we're going to teach those to you. We're going to teach them either through um, the credit program or we're going to teach you through our commercial program. And um, and you're going to start out and you have a vision. And if you have the determination and dedication, you can be the captain of the largest ship here in, in the world. Um, so that's not really an opportunity that you get a lot of other places. If you, if you were an airline pilot, you'd have to certainly go to college and, and get your four-year degree and become a pilot. Uh, and, and in our industry, it's just limited by that, that drive that you have internally to go ahead and get up to that wheelhouse and be a captain. I, I have a lot of drive. How long, if I was a driven, dedicated, determined uh, person and uh, I wanted to be a captain and that my, that is my dream and I get the opportunity, what are we talking about time-wise? So a tugboat captain, which is the most common in this area, probably seven seven to ten years of, of time for uh but when you when you make that, you're you're definitely going to be in the uh, hundred thousand dollar annual salary range. And again, you're working shift work, so if you're working twenty eight days on, twenty eight days off, and that's a little bit unrealistic in the in the tug industry. Normally, it's ten days on, ten days off. 
um, those 10 days are yours. So uh, if you want to go ahead and, and spend them with your family or if you want to go ahead and, and – and a lot of our adjunct staff here, I, I say it, send the elevator back down and train those other Mariners and come here and teach for me, then you can certainly do that as well. So, so what you're saying is that in my days off, if I'm, if, if I'm 15 days on, 15 days off, whatever, whatever the, the shift is, you're saying that I could take my 15 days off and come over here and work. Absolutely. I have a, a large staff that does that. That is cool. I mean that 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 is that is great. Now, if if I wanted to go beyond the tug and I wanted to go up to something bigger, better, you know, just you know, the 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 real blue water type stuff. So that, that's going to take you, and a lot of it, to be honest with you, is sea time driven. So um, if you you're probably talking twelve to fifteen years, uh, you got to go ahead and make sure you check the blocks on sea uh, time as well as upskilling yourself. For the Coast Guard required training. So, you do you guys do that here? The the upscaling training. We, we do. Um, we utilize uh, our simulator for a lot of that because there's advanced uh, ship handling where you're using um, trying to dock a ship with multiple tugs uh, support. So this is something that we do in a controlled environment. Um, there's advanced stability, so you can imagine when you have these large container ships that when you start putting 10,000 uh, containers on them you got to understand that you can't put them all in one place so you got to understand the stability of, of loading a ship as well so these are advanced trigonometry high-level math uh, the, functions. the um, it's the responsibility of the captain to sort of distribute that load in a container absolutely yeah and and, and also keeping in mind and the poor captain who's the shore base as well they're, they're gonna have the load plan coming on there but yeah you're overall responsible oh my goodness Number three, give it to me. Wages. Um, our our mariners um, are make are walking out of this school making between forty five and fifty thousand dollars a year. So if you take that and consider that if you're an eighteen year old high school student, you come here for our credit program, uh, you're going to graduate in two years. So you're not you're going to be before your twenty first birthday potentially making fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I was a um, I was a journeyman lineman. And uh, I went through an apprenticeship program there. I climbed the towers and all that good stuff, and ran some crews. and And um, I was making nine dollars and let's say twenty eight cents per hour as a groundman. And then, of course, I went up there, and I think I maxed out as a journeyman. I think it was at twenty one, twenty two. But at that time, it was good. Sure. I mean, geez, you're rolling in it, rel relatively speaking. And of course, you have overtime. The wages here now. What what does a, a a blue water captain typically make? Oh, they're they're probably hundred and forty, hundred forty thousand or so. A lot of responsibility. A lot of responsibility oh. of the crew, the cargo. Um, there's international laws that you're you're adhering to as you go in and out of these these uh, foreign ports. So yeah, a lot of responsibility and piracy. N yeah, yeah, I saw that uh, show. Yeah, that that movie. The the um, do you teach some of that mariner law here we do we teach it um it's embedded in coast guard courses uh, we call there's a course called vessel security vessel security personnel with designated duties and then we also teach it to our um our credit students our, our uh, students that are degree seeking as well because security is is at different levels at, depending on your capacity on the ship the entry-level mariner doesn't need to know how to develop security plans as much as they just need to understand how to see, know and see what is potential 
um, security risk or, or something of that in nature. I have to ask the question because it, it, it does intrigue me, and I did see the movie, so I feel like I am capable of asking the question. Do you guys, what's, what's the current thinking in piracy? What is, what is the current, I mean, are they just avoiding that area altogether, or is there just, I mean, what, what is it? So I can tell you from, um, from when I last sailed over there, and that was in the 2013 to 14 uh, time well, frame. When current. I was, yeah, there. So there is detailed maps that that show you exactly where the piracy attempt happened, and then it'll also go into different levels: attempt, successful, or uh, just a contact. And so those are areas are identified. It's it's highly encouraged for commercial shippers to to go ahead and try to leave or stay away from those areas. A lot of times, it just means staying further off the coastline. However, time is money in the commercial industry. So as a crow fly, a crow flies, you're going to try to get get you know into that general direction. Uh, one of the force protection measures that uh, was per, or was added was to ha- carry security detachment teams on these large container ships. It, it was a company's investment in the the overall security of the cargo and the ship, so they figured we'll just go ahead and put a small detachment of of, uh, of um, armed individuals on there. And then um, and then after that, uh, precautions that you take. So when we would go through any kind of hostile waterways, we would go ahead and lay out our fire hoses. Uh, does because if you had any borders, you hit them with 125 psi of water. You try to repel them. <laughs> that's that's a good strategy, but I mean, <laughs> where and and I I I know it varies, but if 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 I have a container ship and I've seen those container ships and how they just stack the heck out of them, right? It, it's, it looks like a doggone apartment complex in the water, right? Do you have a a, a a value of that cargo like a dollar value uh, I, I i don't know i don't think so when we when we carried cargo we didn't have a dollar we had a commodity what we were carrying but we never had so a you dollar. knew what it was certainly, of course certainly because you have you have to know it because of segregation um if you have something that can't be close with you know the, the rules tell you the laws tell you it has to be 15 feet away because it might be one and off the top of my head i can't think of two of them that be keep them far, far, far enough apart. So you have to certainly know the commodity. Yeah, and 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 if you're trying to distribute the weight, of course, you're sure. going to have to say this. This container full of lead weighs more than this. Uh, uh, these pillows over here on this container, and so we've got to sort of. I understand all that. That's that makes sense. That that definitely. So what we have, we have three things. Of course, the travel, which is for a young person, that'd be great. You get to see the world, make some good money, and then. Um, and geez, the the shift time also looks pretty doggone good too. And and you're saying, hey, if I've got the dedication, if I've got the focus, if I've got the commitment to do and learn and understand my craft, my profession, and everything about that, the likelihood, and there is a good likelihood, that in either where from seven to ten for tugs, all the way up from twelve to fifteen for those big ships, I could be having, I can have that response. That's not a long time. No, no. I mean, that's just that's just right around the corner. And then, of course, if, if, if I'm, okay, let's, let's just say I, I dragged my feet, and I'm 20 now, and I have went through the program, fine, good. I could be way, uh, up to about 50K uh, per year. Yes, sir, 50K as well. And, you, and the food is paid for. You get a yeah. You get a stipend when you're a crew member on there, so you pay for the food. It's yes, it's provided for you. No kidding. No lodging or no. No, no, nothing. It's 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 fifty k in your pocket, and you don't have to. Well, unless you, you yeah, when you get off on the thing, you got to go to your, your right. apartment or whatever you live, your house. That's for sure. 
Okay. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Hey, I want to I want to touch upon uh, the um, simulators. You've got you've got how many simulators here? So we have three uh, Kongsberg bridge simulators, and we have one uh, Kongsberg engine room simulator. And uh, I, I've got to tell you, man, and I had the fortunate opportunity to be able to be in one yesterday or last night, and uh, it's cool. And I mean, and I was talking to somebody there, and I can't remember what it was, that the simulation, and we went into the, the, the computer area where you can create the simulation and, and draw up whatever. He said that, that you can create it in such a way where the water is rough, and because I'm telling you, everyone, the screens are beautiful, and it's around you. And, and, and he said, yeah, I can make you feel like you're really moving and, and possibly get you sick. So, so the decision to – now, is that state-of-the-art? Oh, yeah, absolutely, state-of-the-art um, equipment in, in a world-class facility here. And it was, um, it was purchased and, and donated by the Houston Pilots – and, and w- which really um, highlights the commitment and dedication that the, the Houston maritime community here has in this program. So they purchased it, a $1.3 million Kongsberg bridge simulator. But you have three. Is that total? or Total, correct. Total. correct. Um, it's, so we have three because to actually maximize the effectiveness and the total capability of a simulator, you have to be able to put – an operator in, t- in one simulator and be able to have them give instructions and, and directions to other ships. And you can do that through, um, you know, actually like a video game kind of scenario where the control room person can, can play around with it. But to actually have somebody else hands on the throttles in the other bridge simulators that we have, so we have a total of the three, that's the most realistic you're going to get. That is how you dock and undock a ship in the, in the uh, Yeah, I was. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, and he, he goes to the same barber that we do, and uh, he was. Ta- I said, "Do you see any digitization of the the image?" And I said, "Can can you just go anywhere theoretically? You, you the image that's on the screens, you can pretty much go anywhere. So that's a that's a heck of a process, and those computers must be pretty robust." And I and he said, "Yeah, we're, we we need." we need an upgrade right because it just it it just keeps getting more real and and clearer i mean i I was i'm telling you man i was i was blown away yeah we we have um we have so there's areas that you you can um operate in we currently have 10 of them and i so that there's a price that you pay for every area so um you want to make sure that you choose the areas that have you know high congestion maybe obviously we have the houston ship channel um, we have other areas within the Gulf region, and then you per- and then you start uh, getting into what type of ships do you want to go ahead and be able to put yourself on or target ships. In other words, when you're on the ship, what am I what am I seeing? And we have almost a hundred of those, so we can really build a scenario in that control room that puts you into a congested waterways with sailboats, with pleasure crafts, with large container ships, and and really see how you're going to react in a controlled environment. I, I, it, it, the scenario that uh, uh, we got a break. I, I, I can keep on talking forever. Um, we talked a bit about the three things that we need to consider, and and uh, we're going to be breaking real quick. I really appreciate John uh, spending time with us today. I know he's a businessman. He's got a great facility. And uh, don't go away because we're going to talk a little bit about a scenario that uh, I witnessed uh, uh, yesterday, which was pretty cool, and, and even I was getting tense. So 
Uh, stick with us, and thank you for joining the Industrial Talk podcast. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Scott McKenzie with Industrial Talk. I like to learn, and I like to have fun. And when I can put them both together, learning and having fun, well, that's a match made in heaven. That's why I put together a drawing for a Louisiana fish excursion, as well as the 2018 Mardi Gras once-in-a-lifetime event. You can find more about this information, about this uh, two wonderful opportunities at the Industrial Talk website at industrialtalk.com. Welcome back, and I am with Mr. John Stoffer. He's with the San Jacinto College Marine Technology and Training Center, and we've been talking a lot about the training that can take place here at this particular college. It's phenomenal. It's second to none. I'm blown away. And and uh, before we broke, uh, the last time I was going to share with you, we talked about a uh, simulation that had um, I guess sailboats and, and, and congestion on the waterway. So I was uh, watching this young lady last night, and, and not only that, I'm getting nervous because she is piloting this big vessel, whatever it is, and then another big vessel's coming, I think, up in the canal, and she's got to navigate around that doggone thing. And then in front of her was a, a, a tug and a barge, and she had to go around that one, squeeze through this uh, this big vessel, and then another one pops out. And I got to tell you, John, I, I was nervous. I was nervous for her, and it it and that it that wasn't a big deal. That's not. I mean, it's even far more crowded out there. Right, absolutely, and, and that's a, um, a perfect scenario that I don't know if it was one that was built uh, by Brian, the, the gentleman that the guy sees the same barber me as us. To death. And, uh, but it's certainly a, a very realistic scenario, and it, t- it comes down to communication. And uh, so you got to be able to multitask uh, when you're the, the ship captain. You got to be able to talk to these other ships. You got to know the, which, what we call the rules of the road. So who has priority over you, or if you have priority over other. Uh, you're either the giveaway vessel or you're a stand-on vessel. But that's call. that's discussed right at the you know, saying, okay, I'm coming on through. You're coming on through. I'm sure. this. I take this role. I do this, and 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 that is all agreed upon. Correct. So in a case where somebody violates that, how do you how do you rec- who's the referee in that bad boy? So um, well, you hope it never gets to a point where you actually have an accident. Oh, because obviously. these are these so, are big things. I mean, right, you don't right. want that. So the, the rules are, are pretty clear. Um, the Coast Guard rules are pretty clear that, y- you know, if the the vessel that is supposed to be turned away from you does not take actions required by the rules, then you will take necessary a- actions to avoid the collision. Um, there's an agency here in, in every major port called Vessel Traffic Services. So they're kind of the, uh, the port control, the pilot for uh, air traffic control. So they monitor all this communication. They, they will step in. They will give guidance um, to if there is a scenario that is occurring where it, it just may not be feasible for the individual vessels to be talking. They will go ahead and provide that guidance. The, the, the biggest obstacle, in, in my experience, is, uh, is the pleasure crafts, the sailboats, the recreational mariners that are, are out there, boaters that are out there. That they're really just out there to have a good time, and, uh, and they're not always, they don't understand the full, full rules out there. Uh, those are the most of the headaches. Most of the other mariners are pretty well trained. Yeah, and and, and that that level of communication that, that that large vessel the captains receive does not go down to that level, I would imagine. But I, I, the, the size of these 
ships, if, if I was out there on my little boat, uh, I, I would stay away from it. Yeah. I mean, you would think so. <laughs> you would think so because they're they're massive. Sure, they're massive. Doggone it! I'll tell you, everyone. Once again, I can't reiterate this enough. These guys out here at San Jacinto College of Marine uh, Technology and, and Training Center, they're at the top of their game. They're passionate about what they do. They're really committed to the community. And uh, I had a fortunate opportunity to speak with the chancellor. What's her name? Uh, Dr. Brenda Hellier. She is so committed to the success of this this system, this college system, and and I got to tell you, it is, it it, it shows the um, the prof- level of professionalism, the value of your education out here is second to none, and um, I really, for me personally, just to summarize it, the the three things that if 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 you're looking to get into this profession in the marine profession three things that that if that you're going to have to consider because it's a big it's important and that's one if you like to travel you get to travel you get to travel to places that you probably wouldn't have ever traveled to and and you get the opportunity and you get paid to do so the second thing of course is the sky's the limit if you see that big ship out there and you see that that uh whatever it might be that the whatever they're hauling right you get the opportunity through dedication and determination. There is nothing to say, no, you can't do that. And with the way the commerce is happening today, I mean, they're going to need more vessels. They're growing. Some of the information we received from that uh, conference, people are building ships. It's happening. There's a demand, and that commerce is going to continue to go on. It's a heck of a profession. And then finally, man, for an entry-level entry level position, you're, you're pulling in some uh, – some scratch and and uh, fifty thousand, man. I, I John, I, I really appreciate your time. Oh no problem. I and um, opening up the door here, and letting me be a participant in in this small but very professional community. Um, come on down, see these simulators because they're really cool. And uh, thank you, thank you to you, thank you to your staff, and thank you for what you're doing in this particular. Uh, part of the, I guess, state. Did you get impacted by the hurricane? Oh, not personally, but okay. I have some, uh, some well, staff course. members and some members in the college that certainly did. Well, I, you know, I, this is what's interesting is how how quickly the, the people of Texas in this area, and specifically the people that are associated with this port, all the professionals, how they support everybody. It's a great profession, and I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. And uh, We're going to close up uh, after the break, and I uh, just want to make sure that uh, I reiterate, you got to come on down here. you got to visit with Mr. John and uh, see this place because it is spectacular. Thank you very much. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I, I really appreciate the, uh, the open door, the open door to be able to get into the San Jacinto College and uh, talk to Mr. John Stoffer. Fantastic program. Highly recommend you take him up on his offer to be able to go out there and look around because it's it's really quite the cool thing. And I also want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody listening uh, to the program here. Um, next week we're going to be talking to Mr. David uh, Tolson. And uh, it's going to be the same thing because it's great content and he's got a lot of things going on. Really appreciate all the people that I met at the uh, 
the roundtable. And uh, thank you again. Be safe out there and enjoy your week. And uh, we will see you next week. Thank you.